I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. I'm Biff. I'm Buff. And I'm Jim. And I'm Darren. And I'm Jim. Uh, welcome to episode, I don't know what, 268? 268 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. Uh, guys. Yes. How's it going? It's all right. Pretty good. How's your Christmas planning going? I keep trying uh, to order presents and I keep I keep getting scammed. No. So oh, no. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to order this one particular book for uh for Melissa's mom and I have I've ordered it twice and I have been I've been told twice. Oh, uh oh yeah, actually that's going to take 6 months to ship to you or uh, oh uh we shipped it but it's going to take 3 months. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> Was it I a book? I was trying to order about- that's a villain. Well, it's a, I, I'm, I doubt she listens to this podcast, so I don't think this will be a spoiler for her. Uh, but I think it is. Uh, it's a book about uh, Disney characters, like the history of like Disney characters and how to draw them. And then also, is it like, like a weird bootleg one that no. you have to get from? Un, I think it's out of print. Unscrupulous sources. Bootlegs and noble. <clears throat> it would be really hard to put a hardcover book in your in your bootleg borders with untrustworthy countries mm. right um how small can they make hardcover books oh i guess that's true you could have a little really tiny little hardcover there's got to be like a world record for smallest hardcover book what did i i just was watching some kind of like maybe this was a thing that they show before the movie at Alamo Draft House or something. It was like a one minute, like a local news featurette, but I think it was from the seventies and it was about a guy in England who had a collection of very, very, very tiny books and you can make them really small, like postage stamp sized. Yeah. How, how long were the books? Like what was the, there were a lot of them were several pages. (laughs) I mean, you can only make paper so thin, right? I mean, all you have to do to make the tiniest book is to fold a piece of paper in half and then fold it in half again oh, and yeah. fold it in half again and keep doing that like 15 or That's 20 right. times. Yeah. If you, if you keep going, it explodes <laughs> as, as I learned from watching the hydraulic press channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, if you keep going, it eventually turns into like a peep. It's like how books are supposed to blow your mind, except made literal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> is that, are they, all books are supposed to blow your mind? Oh yeah. Just you, know, you read you, one book and your head just pops. You, it, it's like in Bloodborne. How, like, your skull literally pops open from all the knowledge in it. That's hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that a thing that happens, like, routinely? Uh, it's happened more than, like, it's a pickup you can get in Bloodborne. It's, like, so much knowledge that it pops your It's like your a head. skull that's been exploded yeah. and it's got knowledge floating out. I see. It's, like, it it ups your insight stat and right. your the height of your, ins- how high your insight is affects a certain attack that certain enemies do which yeah, it, is it like basically just makes your life worse like it's a secret yeah. bad stat that you only find out is bad late in the game hmm did so, you describe the magnitude of a stat as height yes sure yes, did. why not like is your are your stats presented to you in bloodborne in like a bar graph mm. no you just get taller <laughs> oh the more insight you have you, your character yeah. stats in D are low or high like it's if there's a range, it's it's okay to say. But you would not call the magnitude of those stats their height. You wouldn't say that uh, you, my dexterity mm, that's is probably true. taller I I than probably my charisma. Them as weight. Yeah, I guess that's true. I have 18 pounds of charisma. Yeah. Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> hmm. 
she had to take drastic measures to get re-upped for the next season of yeah she must be on a show i don't know i haven't seen her in a while maybe you didn't just didn't recognize her because of all the weight that she lost it's possible anyway, my, my point is you don't need to read anymore you can just eat the skulls of people who knew too much oh so if you just <clears throat> ate that guy's skull from that documentary you would know all of the things that were in all of his tiny four-page books right but it's oh, yeah it's secretly a bad idea to do that Right. But we just don't, you don't find out that it's bad until later. It's it's bad to know things is the premise of Bloodborne. I think I've got most of my Christmas shopping done. I didn't get either of you guys anything. That's cool. That isn't true. I did get you something, Kevin, but I didn't get you anything, Jim. We don't know each other. Did you get it for me? Your your, your presence is itself a gift. Oh. Oh. Your presence is a present. I didn't say that on purpose. Okay. Hmm. Um, I like, I actually was like veering away from that as I finished the sentence. Right, like, what like, can I say instead? No, how do I avoid this? <laughs> Riff, do you, uh, do you have any, uh, Christmas stories? Uh, not really. I've finished all my shopping except for like this one thing I was trying to buy, but the website has had like, like Java, JavaScript exception errors for the past three days which seems like a bad idea for a shopping website in the middle of christmas season it's not something that ghostery is causing i find myself increasingly unable to use web apps because of ghostery it's i i tried i tried the site in both firefox and safari and also on my ipad and it didn't work anywhere for the same reason so i think just that site is fucked up and somebody's going to be real sad when they lose their job because of it <laughs> i thought you were going to say somebody's going to be real sad when they don't get this anime girl blow-up doll for christmas that you're trying to buy for them <laughs> well that's also true or this anime robot personal assistant that is apparently a thing now oh yeah what is that thing oh do you have sex with it and i don't think so but it like it looks like it lives in a little jar yeah. so <laughs> okay so you could have yeah, sex with it is, seems is doable yeah you, uh, Anything that fits in a jar. You can figure it out. It yeah. like, wakes you up in the morning and then it like sends you texts throughout the day saying like, oh, you, I wish like, you, hey, I wish babe, you would come, come home on now back instead and... of being at work. Yeah, come home and stick your dick in this jar. Yeah. It's... <laughs> like pickle it. Yeah. Ooh. That's what they call it. Hey, pickle open pickle. up your lunch. I packed you something special. You open it up and there's a jar in there for you to fuck. <laughs> like, ah, <"Aw>, thanks, sweetie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're supposed to put it in the microwave for a certain amount of time, but not too long. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a sweet spot. Oh, boy. Uh, Guys, <laughs> when is the future going to get it's here? It's okay because it's not a real person, right? <laughs> the jar? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't be okay to put a real person in the microwave. The jar can't no matter- consent. <laughs> Nor can it conceive. It's <laughs> just convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're, you're about to go off into the woods, Riff? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, eh, it's not exactly the woods. It's like the, the rocky wasteland shores of, mm. a, of a bay where nothing lives. But, oh, the uh, Dead Sea. Nothing lives yeah, there? Yeah, kind of. Like not even no, like, a, it's, like That's exaggerating, but the, 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 the fishing industry is kind of dying out there because they're running out of fish and oysters and such. Where is there fish and oysters? The, the the eastern shore of uh, the Crisfield Bay in Maryland. Hmm. Do 
the beaches there get clogged with dead sea life? Not that I've noticed, although I haven't been to the beach there very much. So you don't go you don't like to go collect shells or collect abalone or collect dead crabs. I, I mean, if you're if you're going down on the beach picking up some baloney, that's I mean, that's up to you. I didn't say some baloney, I said abalone, oh, so, like uh, just, yeah, just a single one. baloney, right. You, you right. could take that bologna and mix in some mayonnaise to make bolognese. Uh, <coughs> that's, 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 yeah. a, that's how you make bolognese, right? Bolognese. Yeah, you spread it and you spread it on your sandwich. Yeah. Mm. You put it on a hot dog. Delicious. Is there any difference between bologna and hot dogs? <laughs> Just the topology, well, I think. Yeah, yeah I, mean, that's, I, I guess if you sliced a hot dog real thin, that'd basically be bologna. Yeah, if you made a real big, they're the same, right? If you made a real big hot dog yeah, and then point. took a tiny slice of it, that's kind of how you make bologna, right? Like, yeah, you cut. A, so you're right, topologically. So you'd have to cut a hole in the the bologna to make a yeah, hot, and then a, put it in the microwave. Hot not too long, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oof. Put it in a jar. Because bologna, you only ever get a slice of it, but the implication is that it's it's a giant hot dog. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, it comes yeah. from a hot dog dimension that they cut up, like they open a hole to it, <laughs> and then they pull out a tiny bit, and then they close the hole, and it makes right. the slice. Oh yeah, yeah. Just slice the, <laughs> just just flip the switch to to turn your dimensional gate on and off really rapidly. I see. Okay, so so in this dimension, there's just a bunch of hot dogs. Oh, it's it's all it's all hot dog. It's all hot dog. Yeah, just but it's all hot, moving yeah. very slowly. Or do well, you have to like, move yeah, it? I'm imagining like how it's like a towards factory. the cold, yeah. like the heat expands. Oh, <laughs> uh, when so you like, open it, it like extrudes into this dimension, right? And okay. so if you don't close yeah. it real fast, you know it. it oh, you, so and the way that they make Vienna sausages is by putting a Play-Doh Fun Factory grate on the dimensional gate, opening it for slightly longer, <laughs> and then closing sense. it. Yeah. Okay. How did we how did we discover this dimension? I learned about it from overcooked. Okay. Is that where you get your ingredients from overcooked? Like it just <laughs> right, Well, it, it's it it looks like there's a you're reaching into a hole and pulling out a, you know, a plate of meat. But like in my head canon, you're it's you're opening a portal into a another dimension and extruding some bologna material do you think when other sentient races discover how to access this dimension that they that their gates are also round yeah it's a really Ooh. good question they could be like star shaped yeah if they had like a triangular their bologna sandwiches were made out of triangles of bologna yeah i don't think i've ever seen a non-circular dimensional gate it's a really good point there i think i've seen like i think in stargate it was like an arch no, it's a circle. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's a big wheel where you dial in the address. Where Because to define mm, two right. points in space, you need seven coordinates. But if you, like, <laughs> lower half the wheel into the ground, it would be an arch. That, sure. Yeah. Um, if you took a wheel and uh, ran it up to a square hole, uh-huh. <laughs> it would be a square. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah. But I'm saying, like, naturally, do these other races... Like, why do we make dimensional gates round? Like, what is, you know, it's like we count, we, we use decimal because we have 10 fingers, right? Like, are our dimensional gates round because they're based on the things we try to fuck? <laughs> they're not really circles, Zach. The portal, the portals from portal are ovals, not yeah, circles. Yeah, that's true. 
But I mean, I guess an oval sure. is just a circle on a slant. It's still a well. Yeah. It's a yeah. It's it's still round. It's, it's just not. It's a circle that's circular. vaguely like warped to fit a human body. I think that I saw a trapezoidal dimensional gate in an episode of He-Man and then Masters of the Universe. That's because they couldn't huh. afford to draw circles. It was too expensive <laughs> to animate. Too many, yeah, too many frames. Right. Circle has too many polygons. Too many edges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was reading about, um, there's a game called Hustle Kings, I think, for the PlayStation 4. It's a billiards game. I was reading about uh, how the billiard balls are always rendered as perfect spheres because they're not polygon meshes. They actually uh, render them as a single quad and use a shader to uh, raycast the, to actually do a ray trace into, the t- uh, shoot out a ray and do the math to see if it hits the sphere and get the, uh, the angle of the bounce and send that to the, the pixel shader that does the rendering. Hmm. Which is a really cool, like, this is, this is, probably the future of all rendering once we can figure out how to fit all that shit in in uh, texture memory so are they just doing like point geometry to figure out where the balls are going to go rather than any actual colli- like because that if you're doing it that way you don't have any collision data right well um yeah you would you wouldn't use uh, a polygon mesh to do the physics in a billiards game you would use a, a perfect sphere collider like I think, it seems I, like you would just do the math and yeah. then reflect the math with what you were displaying rather than actually simulating. Oh yeah, for sure. Right, because it'd be it it just be way more accurate. Yep. Like, I hate it when I'm trying to do a cool trick shot at a pool hall and like some subpixel rendering bullshit makes my shot go slightly awry <laughs> <laughs> because somebody's left a crumb of something on the table. <laughs> yeah, less than a pixel of crumb from my scan of <laughs> Mister Natural. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's everybody's Christmas stories, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm work- workshopping this joke that, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it could possibly work. The joke is just pronouncing the name Leonardo as Leonard O. Like, like you just take Leonard and add you add an O to it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think I might just have to wait to meet somebody named Leonardo and and mispronounces that might be the whole like the all I can do with that. Mm-hmm. You could say that was invented by that that famous Italian guy Leonard oh. o da Vinci. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or that that famous actor whose nickname is Odie. Uh, Leonard Odie? Yeah, Leonard Odie Caprio. Okay. Yes. Leonard Odie Caprio. <clears throat> See Caprio makes him sound like he's a a ram. <laughs> But no, what's yeah? What's no? What's Capricorn? Is Capricorn like a stag? No, Aries is oh, Aries is the bull. Yeah, but Odie makes him sound Taurus like a is the bull dog. Aries is the god of war. Is there I not? An, was there's Mars. not an Aries zodiac sign. There's not. Is there? No, there is. There is Aries, but it's uh, Aries is the goat, the ram. Aries is the ram. Aries what's is Capricorn? The, Aries is the ram. Mars is the god of war. <laughs> No, Kratos is the god of war. Okay. <laughs> well, he is now. After he killed Ares. You're right. I could have sworn Capricorn was the... It's a goat. The Capra demon is like a goat demon. Mm, Capra right. means goat. Capricious means like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it just meant how... Referring to how precious goats are. <laughs> precious like a goat. Yeah. 
those weird sea goat. A sea goat is the cat. Are you saying sea goat because you looked up Capricorn oh. in the dictionary? <laughs> Not like a goat in the ocean. <clears throat> um. Well, is it video games time? I guess. I guess we can totally do that. It's the f- okay. Wait, okay, I had n- I had no fucking idea that this was what. So the fucking Capricorn is. It's a it's a creature with the forelimbs of a goat attached to the tail of a fish. Oh, oh, a sea goat. So it's got four legs and a fish tail. I, I don't. It says four limbs, but O R E, not U O O U R. The abyss of the ocean is combined with the mountainous terrain. Are, huh. What are you reading this in? Uh, I don't know on the internet. <laughs> you just did a Bing search for Capricorn. Uh, Bing it. I did a Google search. You did a Bing search for your algorithm isn't good enough to know that I'm a racist. Aries, Aries is in fact the ram. Well, fuck that. What, fuck me being right about things? No, I don't know. I just, I just, I had always thought the Capricorn was a ram for some reason. Hmm. Hmm. It never Corn. came up in Bart trivia? Nope. Bart Rivia? I'm workshopping this joke where I refer to bar trivia as a guy named Bart Rivia. <laughs> These jokes are hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me. Um, uh, the uh, the French Rivia. Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. Uh, I played a bunch of video games. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Let's hear about it. I bought uh, a while ago because I saw somebody posting on Twitter that Super Mario 3D World was like $10 shipped on Amazon. I bought a disc copy of that. And this and is for the Wii. For the Wii U. Yeah, so I dusted, I literally dusted off my Wii U gamepad so that the screen was visible through the dust. Um, and I played some of that, and it's pretty good. Like, it's a good, fun video game that I wanted to play for about 45 minutes and then I beat the first world and put it down you should like, uh, at some point mm. try playing it co-op with like <laughs> three saying, three other people try playing oh, yeah? is that a thing on yeah. Wii. <laughs> you can it's actually like one genuinely cool thing about this is that they finally have Princess Peach as a playable character again. Well, here's a question. Uh, if it's on Wii U, do you have to have four Wii U controllers? You can't. You can play it that. With... You can't even buy them. Um, okay. You, <laughs> like, you can you, use... they don't sell the Wii U gamepads. You use, yeah, Wiimotes or... It, it can be controlled with, like, any controller. Yeah, any controller you can plug into the Wii U buttons, with right? a little yeah. support. Like Atari joystick. That there's that doesn't have the Genesis. It's the same support. as the Sega Genesis joystick, yeah. 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 Um, but like it, it supports the classic controller. It supports the GameCube controller. It supports. Can the, you use a WaveBird? I don't. I think what, what it supports is instead of either the WaveBird or the classic the GameCube controller is um, a controller for the Wii U that looks and feels like a GameCube controller. I feel like the GameCube controller is probably the most uncomfortable, unergonomic piece of hardware that I have ever used for Are dozens you of sure hours. Sure, you're not thinking of the N64 controller. Maybe I am thinking of the N64 mm. controller because that one was pretty bad. That was the one oh, with the N64 trigger in the one middle is the and trident the trident one, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, the GameCube's not bad. The GameCube controller was just like it was a, a Super Nintendo controller with handles. Uh, and and two 
uh, thumbsticks. Yeah. Okay. How was the Nintendo 64 controller, the Trident? It, it had, was three pronged instead of two, and so, I think you were supposed to hold it like a gun and use the joystick with were, the thing that you, the hand you were holding. There the were grip multiple with. grips, like there were three prongs. Okay. Uh, if you put your left hand on the left the left prong, you have a D pad and a trigger. Okay. And, and uh, the L button. The if you put your left hand in the middle prong, you have a thumbstick and a trigger. Okay. And I think you always I've never seen a game that puts your right hand on the middle prong and your left hand on the left prong. It's always either it's always right hand on the right prong which gives you a bunch of buttons and a uh, the R button and your left hand either on the left or the middle prong. Okay. It's real weird. And I think it was like they weren't sure whether analog joysticks were going to be a thing so they were hedging their bets. Yeah, I mean everything else has analog sticks and D-pads now, right? So Yeah. So this Super Mario Brothers World 3D World, like it was, it's fine. It's like I, my mind knows that it is a good game, but Uh my mind just doesn't really want to keep playing it because it's just, even though I can recognize the ways in which it's like technically amazing and like the levels are designed really well. And there's like a lot of fun, like short and medium term goals. And like, there's fun things to interact with out in the overworld. And there's fun, like silly things to interact with in the levels. It's just like the same thing again Mm -hmm. in a way that I realized when immediately after that, I was like, Oh, right. I have a Wii U now. I can finally play NES Remix. Yeah. And I bought NES Remix and then just played that for four times as long as I had played the Super Mario. Remix is great. Like the things that, the things that are actual games that I played as a child felt fresher in, (laughs) in the context (laughs) of like, here's a new rule set. Here's a, here's a, like a series of specific goals and like stars to earn for doing these things quickly. Here's a series of like, difficult contrived super mario brothers challenges that held my attention more than like a game that probably cost 40 times as much to make right and cost the same to buy but only because i bought it what is when it, it was very old nes remix so you start playing it and it's like all right here's super mario brothers 1 1 kill 15 enemies with a invincibility star or whatever. It just gives you a star and you just run through level and kill 15 enemies with it. And then it unlocks a bunch of games that are just a bunch of NES games. And then a bunch of different challenge modes that you go through on them, which it's like, here's donkey Kong. And it's like the first one is like, jump over a barrel. Now jump over two barrels. Now jump over three barrels. Yay. You got all the stars for this one. And then they just progressively get harder and harder and harder and more and more like weird and mutated. Yeah. They have, things like that change the rendering style of the game there's a there's a hack Although those are all the actual re- like those aren't the individual like the individual game challenges are usually pretty natural within yeah. the games but yeah. they open these weird challenges for those games that are outside of the context of it like donkey kong but you can only see the things that are right in front of you yeah like your visibility like is way reduced donkey kong but you can't jump and mm. your sprite is that of link because of the like okay. the two screens. I was just going to ask if they mix if they mix different games together. Yeah, I mean they're all real obvious, simple ROM hacks. I kind of wish that they had done a little bit more to it, but it's still really cool. I learned a bunch of stuff about Excite Bike that I didn't know. Oh yeah, there were a few games like there was like I think Clue Clue Land is in there, and I'd never played that. There were a few games in there that were just. 
completely new to me. And I felt like I got a pretty good introduction to them by playing the individual stage stages. I have not figured out how to, I, I haven't gotten like a second set of games unlocked yet. So it's just, mm. it's like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Mario Brothers, which I hate Mario Brothers. No, the, 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 the original Mario Brothers. Yeah. I think it's real bad uh-huh. and I don't think it's fun at all. That's my, that's my controversial opinion about that garbage. (laughs) Um, and I don't know exactly what, there's one like weird ass balloon fight challenge where it's just, you're in the like infinite mode of balloon fight, the one where you're scrolling from right to left and trying to avoid those things. And your goal is to collect some balloons, but the, the mutator that they put on it is the camera just slowly keeps zooming in closer and closer and closer <laughs> oh, to you weird. until you can barely see anything yeah. besides you. And it's spooky and it was hard. I had to play it a lot of times to win because the controls on that game are pretty bad. But yeah, it's great. And I want to play more of it and I want to buy the sequel to it and yeah. play so, a bunch of that. Like for, for listeners, if you, don't have a Wii U, there is a 3DS NES remix game that combines Ooh. the two Wii U games and, like, it takes only the best ones from each. So, like, there's no, like, baseball in, uh, in the DS version. There's, oh, and there's no, like, Wario's I really, Woods. I really like that. I may have to baseball. see if I can get well, a, a shitload of NES. Maybe baseball. you should play the Wii U one then. Yeah. What'd you say, Riff? I said I may have to see if I can get a copy of that for the plane. Yeah, it, it's a great playing game. If you if you are like someone with NES history, you'll love it. I am. Um, I also ended up. I'm about halfway through my second playthrough of Dishonored. Although I think Dishonored based 2? on yeah, Dishonored two. I think what I found out today when the, there's this new patch that just came out that lets that unlocks a new game plus mode hmm. that lets you start as a either Emily Caldwin or Corvo Rovanen. That's not Rovanen. Rovanen is the last name of that guy who works for uh, cheap-ass games. Toivo. Toivo Rovanen. But that's why I thought... I think when somebody's last name ends with V-O, that A, they're going to provide good narration for my video game, and B, (laughs) that their last name is probably Rovanen. Or Atano, as it turns out. Anyway, you play as either of them, but you get all of the powers unlocked. So... That's cool in and of itself, like in terms of like the systemic stuff that it is going to allow to happen. But also you start the game with all of the runes that you collected in the previous playthrough, which in my case, in the Corvo save slot is all of them. So that is great. Like the first couple levels of those games are always real rough to return to because it's like, oh, right. It doesn't give you any cool magic. So it's just like fucking metal gear yeah. for a little while mm. and stinks. Yeah. I'm also playing Dishonored 2. Um, I was, I got through a couple of levels and that game really challenges you to like not kill people and to be really careful. And I found myself just really pathologically like loading saves and mm. loading saves in that game and on the PS4 it takes a long time. Um, it's not fast on the PC, even yeah. playing on an SSD. It's I'm surprised at the load times for a quick load. Right. Um, and then uh, April started the character and she just started shooting people and running through the level. And she looked like she was having a lot more fun than I was. <laughs> so I started playing that way. And this game's great. It's, uh, 
Like, yes, I, I now at this point I will stealth when I can, but like if I get caught, I don't load. I just shoot people. Um, I'm enjoying stuff. Like I, I, the way that I played Corvo was trying not to kill anyone, but I didn't care if people saw me. So it was okay. a lot of like running away or possessing people and walking off and like th- them becoming aware of you when you dispossess yourself of them. Right. Um, the Emily playthrough, I'm trying to be sneakier, but, but just kill everyone. Okay. Like immediate, yeah. like the first thing that I took was that thing that turns people into ash if right. they're unaware of you when you kill them. So that doesn't leave body. Like you just never have to mess with hiding uh, bodies. They, or they never notice piles of ash around. No, they don't actually leave piles of ash. They leave like a pile of their sword and maybe like their coin purse if they had it, or like an important key if if they were holding one of oh, those. It's good that your power is so discriminating. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll dissolve like, their doesn't clothes. Leave their sh- yeah, it doesn't devices. leave their shoes, yeah. but it will leave their wallet. <laughs> that's that's really specific. Yeah, because shoes and wallets are basically the same thing right it's a leather yeah. it's a leather vessel filled Shoe with feet. Is just a wallet for your feet yeah yeah your feet your fiat currency <laughs> <laughs> although i guess uh the republic of corvo berg or whatever the world is that dishonored takes place in uh <laughs> doesn't have fiat currency like that seems like their coins are actually precious metal and like the imperial reserves are actual gold you're having fun killing people, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Re- I am actually really enjoying like just the the world design. Like the story, the environmental storytelling is great. Like the murder is great. Um, I am at a level where I'm in a like a a hospital that seems to have been abandoned. Um, and the 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 final goal seems to be like either kill this monster or like run around and collect ingredients for the cure for the monster because it's actually just a person and it's a whole it's a huge pain in the ass to do the good thing in this game i don't remember it being that like you have to run around to get into the room where you make the cure but then all the stuff is just there but like well maybe maybe i just i didn't find it but i need to get like infected blood oh is that just easy there's just a map there's a guy on the on that floor there's like the corpse of a guy that all right. I'll look like, for that. I mean, there's just my, so here's a problem that I kind of had in general with the, the game is real good about telling you where you need to go next, unless you're using the thing that tells you where all the runes and bone charms that you haven't found yet is, uh-huh. which you're doing a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like that detective mode problem. Oh. Mm. Well, I mean, it doesn't make the game look bad, but it makes the game hard to navigate. It has this feature where you can like lock tracking for a particular rune or bone charm, which then leaves it there even if you don't have the heart equipped, which is uh. the thing that tells you where they are. But when you have that on, it doesn't show you the other waypoints. So it's like, okay, the one like the obvious utility of this feature is a is a thing that you've decided not to give it. Yeah, it's good to know that. I, I will I will keep that in mind when I'm choosing what's in my left hand. So I always wanted to be a crossbow. In case you want to set a blood fine fly nest on fire at a distance. I've done that a couple of times. It's pretty good. It's pretty satisfying. Do you still get credit for all the blood flies if you kill them that way from a distance? There's not really credit. You can find like uh, amber or something like blood amber, I think is what it is. Sometimes yeah. it falls out of the nest. I thought there's something you recharged by killing simple enemies. Or oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you do. You can get. I don't know. 
if you burn a bunch of them, I don't know if you get the mana or health back from them if you're using those particular bone charms. When you destroy the nest, do the flies stop attacking you? I just, what I do when I see a room filled with blood flies and blood fly nests is I just kind of run around randomly swinging my sword until I stop taking damage. Okay. I don't that actually understand how that works. I think that works in real life too. Yeah. Like, yeah, you kick a hornet's nest. Yeah, just swing a sword. You're supposed to jump in a pool and swing a sword around. It's more resistance. It's a better right. workout. Oh, jumping in water doesn't work in this game. It's not safe. Oh, right, because there's, like, piranhas down there. Yeah. Apparently, every body of water just has, like, man-eating fish. Also, mm. Emily-eating fish. Corvo-eating fish. Right. <laughs> right this way. See the Corvo-eating fish. <laughs> it's like, how do we know that's Corvo? He's got a mask on. That's what they would say. I think the mask just well, makes you Corvo. who else but him could eat a fish through the mask? Yeah, that's true. He's got to hit Y to eat a fish through this mask. <laughs> I'm always, yeah, I'm eating, like, cans of jellied eel. Yeah, you're always eating cans of Pratchett jellied eels and, uh, like, ripe Bastille and figs. Yep. And b- bananas. Yep. I think it was Philippa War on the Crate and Crowbar was complaining that all of the fruit comes from places and all of the vegetables are just carrot potato. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I guess... Is there anything we do that with? We don't say, like, you know, tropical mango or whatever. Like, we, it's not – what kinds – there's, there's like, Bartlett pears from Bartlett. Right. Um, I think it's – The place where all the quotations – It depends on, grapes. like, how hard, like, these producers tried to brand their product, right? <laughs> oh, so you think they're, like, patented. Historical accidents. Oh. Or, or just, like, you know, they, they've been advertising it as Bartlett pears, so that's what you call it. There's Asian pears. I've heard those are from Asia. It's like why I call it the ZX Spectrum. Okay. Because that's just how the branding is. That's it's how I've heard it pronounced. Yeah. Um, played another game, but I want Kevin to hear about it. No, oh, well. So should we just keep talking about Dishonored 2 until Kevin gets back? Sure. If he gets back, he looked pretty bad. Yeah. Did he? He, he looked like he was, well... Was he suffering some intestinal distress? It could be. Yeah. Riff, how's your intestines? Um, they're all right. No distress? I have no particular complaints. Um, I was thinking, like, I, I had this idea that we should poop through our feet. What? And if... <laughs> it would just make more sense. And if, Would it? Yeah, because it's the bottom... Like, the, you eat at the top of your body, and you poop through the bottom of your body. Like, it just... All the nutrients get through that, well, like... They get they go through the intestines and they have less distance to travel to get to the the cells that need them. Uh, you're and, gonna like skid around when you're walking, though. <laughs> well, you don't poop all the time. Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> uh, and the, the also, the I don't want to walk this, on my butthole. That would hurt. <laughs> well, no, not if you were evolved. You evolved to do it. So the real <laughs> advantage of this is that you wouldn't have to work really hard to like if you really had to go to the bathroom. All you do is like bend your knees. And, <laughs> But then you can't walk to the bathroom. You have to crawl. Wait, do you poop out of both feet? Sure. Or, or do I you mean, have one or the other? To just poop out of one foot. Can you can you choose? Like, can you hold it in one foot and poop out the other one? <laughs> that would be a good party trick. It's like arching a single <laughs> eyebrow, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I never learned. To, I never learned to raise just one eyebrow. That's a that's a good trick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Shit. How do you, Everybody how do you in this express, room How do you do express it. like mild disapproval? Uh, I just, it's not I just like pooping out of one foot. It's like pooping out of one foot. Everybody, <laughs> everybody always interprets that as disapproval. To me, it's like sort of dubious scrutiny. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's yeah, not I disapproving. It's like, really? it's like, what are you doing? It's like, a, are you sure about that person I disapprove I guess, of? I guess if somebody does that to me, I assume that they disapprove of what I'm doing. Not that, hmm. I, like, I guess I interpret doubt as disapproval. Oh, it's like that thinking emoji with the raised eyebrow and then making the sign for lesbian in yes! sign language. Yes, somebody else knows about that. Thank you. <laughs> huh. So that, uh, what are you doing? What are you up to? Eh, just thinking about lesbians. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Nope. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> So you you use this expression do, when you arch your eyebrow at someone. Mm-hmm. Are you disapproving? Do you do you feel that you are? No, I'm doubting. Yeah, sure, but or just like not understanding something. But now, see now I can't do like now my brain is too is too heavily like thinking about what my expressions are and I, like you just disapprove you just disapprove of this line of this line of inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> I played another game that was uh, from the Ludum Dare last weekend um, called Nest. Have any of you played this? Is that, is that the one not. that like, sets your the temperature in your apartment? Yeah, yeah, and sends all of your data <laughs> to Google. Yeah. Um, so it is a – you have four controls, uh, just the arrow keys, and you are moving on a grid through a 3D space – like you can turn left, you can turn right, you can move forward and you can move backward and you navigate a very simple path of maybe like 30 moves and you reach a D pad printed on the ground and a screen on which another copy of the same game is running. And then stepping on the D pad on the ground issues that command to the player of the game on the screen in front of you so your goal is then to get that guy to another the the end where he is then there's then a third screen on there and you're just slowly making these moves through more and more layers of abstraction and like yeah and when you so when you are when you are trying to get the guy on the screen to turn around you necessarily cannot see the screen because you are facing you're facing perpendicular to it or parallel to it so it just it's i didn't i got the second guy to the to the thing didn't bother you are messing with the third one the entire time controlling the guy at the top level yeah that's the only thing that you're controlling, except by stepping on these floor tiles that then issue right. those controls to the guy the next level down. <clears throat> that seems complicated. It's really complicated, yeah. It gets really, really hard to do anything really quick, and it's great. Is it an amplification problem, or is it like a... No, it's like a... It's like a what... Do, in order to get the guy on the screen to move forward and then backward you have to move forward and then move backward twice so then in order to get the guy on the third screen to move forward and backward you have to get the second guy to move forward once and then backwards twice right so but 
I guess I'm still just having a hard time imagining. So you, you are trying to confine yourself to your your top level character to the D pad, but you could walk off of it and like walk away. You have to, in fact, to get like, off it, like and come around to the other side or something. Yeah. And and during parts of this, you can't see the screen. So, yep. oh, wow. During during most of it, you can't see the screen. Because you can't move backwards and you can't like, so I mean, you can always turn around and look at the screen. It's not like, like turning doesn't change anything. Right. But yeah, Man. it's, it's pretty good. It's, it was a funny idea. Um, and I also played a game that I have no idea how old it is or where it's from. I just d- randomly went to rock, paper, shotgun for the first time in a couple years. That's probably not true, but I took it off my RSS reader because they're just too prolific. Um, and found this just list of the best free games of 2016 and there's a game called words must die which is oh, a friend of mine worked on that actually several friends of mine it's really good did you play it uh no i just watched video of it how does it work it's it so you are like in a sort of a desert landscape and you're you you can wasdy move around and mouse look and you have a big like cartoon cowboy revolver and there is like a paragraph of a twine game floating in the sky in front of you and then some choices that you can make at the bottom by shooting them and you shooting a word in the UI causes it to continue the story from the point where your character like shoots whatever object or thing that you shot like every time you make a choice by shooting a thing it represents you shooting in the story whatever it is that you shot the name of and so eventually like a bar pops up and then you go into the bar and it's like continues to tell the story and like you just keep shooting words to make this sort of branching twine narrative play out and different different text appears in different places i don't think you ever really interact with anything else there's like there's some physics that you can play with in there you can shoot some beer bottles off of some pool tables and stuff but uh yeah it's really good yeah that was uh, written by laura mache who i worked with um on desert hike um and she's great like I've, I've worked with her a few times on various games and just really good really good writer really good at procedurally generated stuff she's got that like huge project that's been in progress for years right i that's like a a twine game she's been working on for a long time yeah that's um but like yeah right now i think she runs zam um as a uh in a a kind of a managerial capacity but she really just would prefer like to be working on anybody listening to this hire laura uh she's uh she's really good um but she was talking about how um uh, she showed that game to a family member who never who didn't play 3D games, and that that person could not parse the didn't parse the words as a 3D as being in a 3D space. They were just like noticing that their movements on the on WASD corresponded somehow to the words moving left and right and getting bigger and smaller. Hmm. Okay. Uh, because like, there's no thinking of it as as you controlling a character necessarily. You're thinking of like, right. Like, and there's no, like at the very beginning of the game, there's just just basically a desert skybox almost. Yeah. There's no points of reference. And like just the words that you're moving. Yeah. Yeah. Words hanging in space. And so like, it's totally like, if you aren't used to parsing like images on a computer screen as there's a 3d space, then like it, it's totally possible to just look at this and, and see it as type that, 
is being manipulated. Eventually, you have to start moving around and finding where the next paragraph is and stuff because it moves right. around to different parts of the scene. You can like be behind it, yep, like yep. the text is actual 3D objects in the world. the The hitboxes on the letters that you can shoot are the actual letters themselves, <laughs> so you can like shoot through an O or whatever and like just ah, make it more shot. difficult to make a yeah. choice. Yeah. Which, eh, I don't know. You that's a pick choice. The, pick the message that's easiest to aim for. Yeah, the thing that has the thickest letters. Anyway, it's real good, and it's free, so there's no reason not to play it. You can play it on a PC or a Macintosh. Yay! You can play it on your Apple Lisa. You can play it on an Appaloosa, as long as you've got a laptop. <laughs> you could just get a revolver and shoot every word you see. That's true. Hello, my name is Chad, on the name tag of a man at a gas station. Yeah. Luckily, he took his shirt off <laughs> before you started shooting it. Yeah. Well, luckily, it's a good thing he was wearing that name tag. It saved his life. <laughs> Stopped a paper bullet. Right. Well, he also has Hello, My Name is Chad tattooed on his, on his chest. Shit. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good, a good idea for a tattoo in general. Just a name tag. Yeah. It makes things real easy to, like, if you're... Would you fill it in or would you leave it blank? That's a really, that's an even better idea. Mm. A blank one, then you could just carry a Sharpie always. Yeah. And but then a, you'd I, like, you'd like write it in and then you'd be, you'd go and be like, why is that backwards? And you're like, oh God, I keep forgetting. <laughs> no, so then you yeah. carry another Sharpie yeah. that's the tone of your flesh. And if you, you keep oh, a yeah. variety of them for depending on how much time you've been spending in the sun. Yeah. A friend right. of mine has a t-shirt that's just this big white rectangle. And whenever people ask him what it means, he asks them, well, what does it mean to you? And I think that would be another good, uh, another good tattoo is just a big, like, like a blank canvas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lily has a, just like a big circle on her shoulder and she, anytime she meets an artist, she's like, do you want to draw something in my tattoo? And nice. it's just like, it's like a short term. Like a cast. Kind of. Yeah. 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 But casts are forever. Tattoos are impermanent. Right. Have you played any video games, Kevin? Nothing new, really. More uh, Swap Sword. Yeah, I played a little more Swap Sword. I think I'm done with Swap Sword, unless unless there is something that I'm just missing. Like I've, I don't want to put the time into it to get uh, a really really high score that I feel like I would have to. Yeah, we talked about this a little. Like it's a neat game, but it seems clear that getting good at it would be really boring. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been I've continued to try to play some Deus Ex Go. Uh, I hit. A puzzle, like a community-made puzzle that I cannot solve. I've spent two or three days just st- stuck on it. How, do, you, do you know that it is solvable? Uh, if if you have faith in the construction tools, then it ha- like the I think the person who makes it has to solve it before they can submit it. Right. Um, it's possible that there is some sort of glitch or trick that I am unaware of that like you can it, it, take advantage of. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, like, I guess I there's no message board for each puzzle. Like there might be. Like I haven't tried looking yet because I'm like, if there is a solution, I want to find it because I'm really curious at this point. Like it's probably some nine-hour video. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Chodley Jones here. This video is to tell you some stuff about <laughs> Hitman Go. Did you just say Chodby Jones? I said Chodley Jones. Jones. Oh, Chodley. Like Ty's okay. Tommy Lee Jones's brother, Chodley Jones. <laughs> Uh, continuing to play Hearthstone, I still like that game. Uh, yeah, me too. I stopped playing Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. I played one game of it on the bus today. Hearthstone or the 
Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. I refuse to play Hearthstone on my phone. Huh. The UI is too bad. It's not too bad. It's it is it's fine. It's too bad. Nope. That's it's too bad that you think it's the too bad. Yeah, it's unfortunate that you don't understand that it's too bad. You should you should play a lot more games on your phone, uh, so that you can feel like games can be played on your phone, and uh, regardless of their complexity, because I want I want our games to be played on a phone, regardless of their complexity. <laughs> well, too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about that's about it. Riff. Uh, I played a ton of the new uh, Grasshopper Studios game, Let It Die. Oh, what system is that for? PlayStation 4. Okay. PS4. Is that a free-to-play thing? Yes. Okay. And uh, it's it's crazy good. It's real weird. <laughs> it's But it's it's ridiculously stylish. It's, um, it's sort of a third-person action beat-em-up. But with procedurally generated uh, levels, like a like a roguelike, it's it's sort of a roguelike in the sense of a Japanese roguelike, like a Shirin the Wanderer, right. where instead of like, because there's there's sort of permadeath, but you have a hub that you can go back to and and bank some stuff or or uh, go back to your hub to uh, to to level up your stats and there's some there's some permanent increases that you get that apply to all your characters even if you die and things like that but uh you said it was an action game yeah it's uh it's it's a beat em it's like a kind of like dark soulsy except much faster pace and, and looser okay um the um the sort of uh style of it is uh like the the uh, aesthetic of it is imagine imagine like Fallout Tokyo except instead of uh instead of it being like 50s uh retro future style it's like 90s arcade punk huh. when you said Fallout and, Tokyo i was thinking of that game where you control animals in Tokyo Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. The Tokyo Jungle, yeah. I think. Tokyo, Tokyo Jungle, Jungle yeah. yeah. That's not, and that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but it, but it, but it is set in like Japanese like ruins. Like the first, I think, ten levels are in like ruined subway tunnels, and then you get you get up on the surface, and you're in like ruined alleyways and stuff. And there's like you know Japanese signs and so on. Um, and but the uh, so that and oh and you're playing your your character is sort of like one of the raiders from from Fallout and you're killing other raiders, uh, but that's sort of like that's like the the main narrative the main story but there's like a meta layer to it where you're actually somebody in a video arcade playing this video game. And, and, and that video arcade is a secondary, like a meta hub that you can, you can exit back out to, to talk to the people that are hanging out in this video arcade to get like tips for the game and like change the background music and, and get quests and so on. And the, uh, the guy that runs the arcade is named Uncle Death and he's like, He's full on like your classic style Grim Reaper, except he has awesome shades and does sweet uh, skateboard tricks. And he 
and and his his voice is like the Japanese version of Strong Bad. <laughs> he he's super awesome. It sounds very Grasshopper. It is so Grasshopper. And there's they they got for the soundtrack they went and found like one hundred and one different Japanese indie bands from like every genre, uh. and had every every one of these bands like write one song with the title "Let It Die," and and I, there's I need just to check uh, this out. This sounds really good. It's amazing. How is this a they, free game? Okay, so when you when you uh, when you die. You have an uh, you have like four different options, which is crazy, because you have you don't just have one character and then it dies and then you start a new character. You have like a freezer that stores fighters that stores characters. So you have like like a a, a, a um, like a pool of characters, and so when you die, you can either spend the one of the uh, the premium currency, which is called death metal, you can either spend a death metal to just get a new life, and and your guy just pops back up to life with full health, or you can oh and and these death metals, uh, you get them they're like, I think it's like ten for five bucks, so it's like fifty cents each, but you also get them as uh, as like quest rewards and daily login freebies and stuff. Um, so when you die, you can either spend 50 cents to not have died, or you can spend like an amount of the non-premium currency, just like gold coins, to retrieve that character back to your vault down in the hub. So I, th I think you keep whatever inventory they had, but you lose any other progress. Or you can activate one of your other characters and return to where that first character died and that character is now an AI controlled enemy and if you kill it it reverts back to your vault down in the down in the waiting room so you can get them back that way but you lose their inventory but it's free or and then option 4 obviously is you just say well fuck that guy and you start a new character huh. And then the 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 additional thing of this is that the characters that are just sitting in your freezer that you're not currently using, you can send them out to attack other players that are currently playing like the like the shadows in, in a Dark Souls game. And if they're like successful, they come back in an hour or three hours or however long. Yeah, you told them to leave for, and they bring you back like gear and money and stuff. If they're unsuccessful, do you lose them? Uh, no, it seems like they just come back like not having gained much, if anything. Um, also, they most there's there's um, the gear in the that you find in the game is extremely like fragile, so you're you're swapping gear out all the time but it's fine because the guys you're killing are almost always dropping at least one piece of gear so you're you're just swapping out like your busted shit for new shit constantly but you can find blueprints uh for a particular uh item of clothing or a particular weapon and then find uh uh 
like ingredients like a, a block of aluminum scraps or whatever and there's a guy in your waiting room who will take the blueprints and learn how to make you know a baseball bat and then from that point you can purchase that baseball bat from this guy all the time and that baseball bat comes with full durability and so when you send out one of your freezer dudes to attack other people they if you've equipped them with gear that you've bought from this guy, then it doesn't lose durability while they're gone. But if you've equipped them with shit that you just picked up off the ground, then it will. That so, seems so weird. That's, Does it explain that? Not really. It's just a thing. It's just a feature <clears throat> of this game. <laughs> there's, there's a ton of stuff that they, they get away with not really having to explain because they have said straight up, this is a video game you're playing. <laughs> Okay. Here's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's so, really fun. So how fun. do they explain the death doing all these skateboard tricks then? He's an awesome dude. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> he has a rad dude, Jim. That's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and even. Uh, even the grindier aspects of it. Cause like, as you, as you progress in the game, um, you unlock more potential fighters. Like, like I think after you beat the first mini boss, you can now make a guy that has a stat focus for melee combat instead of being an all round type guy and, and, and better and better guys with better and better maximum stats unlock as you progress. But when you know when you buy one of these guys, they start out at level nothing. So you have to you have to go out into the dungeon with them and kill some shit to get some experience points for them. Uh, which means you see like the first few levels a lot, and then you see them a lot more while you're running around picking up ingredients for for crafting. But it's like I've I've played through the first three or four levels of it over and over and over, and it's still been entertaining every time. Just because, I don't know, the combat feels really good. Uh, like, the weapons are, are really, uh, really heavy. And when you, when you pull off, like, the special attack that explodes a dude in a shower of gore, a little picture of Uncle Death appears in the corner of the screen like a Mortal Kombat toasty. <laughs> and it, and he says, yeah, radical. And it says it out of your, like, the speaker in your controller. <laughs> so. Right. And it, uh, yeah. it's great. So you're saying this is what the Chalice Dungeon should have been. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it is like it is the fun version of Bloodborne's Chalice Dungeons. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sounds worth With, checking out. Yeah, definitely. Do you know yeah, if you need an internet connection to play this game? You do. Yeah. Okay, because my PS4 doesn't really connect to the internet. Something's up with it. Uh, I mean, you can. It's free, so you can try it. Yeah. Uh, there you but go. What? What? Uh. When my connection dropped for a little while, like the other night, and what happened was when I went up an, uh, an escalator to go to a new level, it like noticed that the connection wasn't there. And so it just, it just kind of processed for a very long time. And every now and then it said, Hey, I can't find the connection. And I was like, okay, keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and after a few minutes, it, it figured it out and loaded the next level. Yeah, it so, sucks. I, I don't know if it'll work or not, but yeah, yeah it's neat though. It is like, like grasshopper studios games tend to be, it is dripping with friggin' style. Yeah. So is grasshopper like no more heroes and yeah, 
No More Heroes and uh, was it Killer Seven and uh, the one where the guy keeps saying "Eat my big boner, eat my big boner, eat my big yeah. boner." No, taste, yeah, yeah. taste my big boner. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. What was that game called? Um, Shadows of the Dam. Shadows of the Dam. That's it. Yeah. The gun was the gun was his dick. Yeah. That was only one sequence, right? That wasn't the entire game. Yes. Okay. Still, that's like the part of the game that I remember too. So. <laughs> Didn't his dick also turn into a motorcycle? Yeah, I think Sounds so. Sounds about right. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it was only it wasn't literally his dick, it was metaphorically his dick, who is also his talking skull friend. <laughs> But, but wasn't his name Johnson? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the 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 skullhead friend's name was Johnson. Yes, <laughs> and he referred to the when it was in gun form as his boner, as his boner, because yeah, bones. because it is yeah. a gun made out of bones that fired bones. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and remember, this is a Japanese studio, so that that pun was entirely accidental. Mm. They, have, they had no idea that that was what. <laughs> I think you mean. Yeah, the one guy in the studio that speaks English is like, wait, guys, no, wait. (laughs) People are going to get the wrong idea. (laughs) Shut up, Kyle. (laughs) What have you been playing, Jim? Uh, I played a bunch of Severed. Oh, nice. I've heard one of you guys talk about Severed. I don't remember which one. It might have been me. I played a minute of it. Yeah. Riff, you played it? Yeah, I play. I don't know if I finished it, but I got most, if not all, of the way through. Yeah, same. Um, it's Severed is uh, a game. I played it on uh, an iPad I was borrowing, um, which is it's kind of half dungeon crawler and half like sword play game, like a little bit like Punch Out or Infinity Blade, where uh, you you tap to turn 90 degrees and move around uh, environments and you explore them and you find secrets and you also find enemies which when you go into combat mode then you're uh, facing off against various enemies that that are sort of they're they're puzzles the first time you fight them Mm -hmm. and afterwards they're like just how do you kill all these enemies at once before one of them kills you Um, yeah and and kill them in in such a way that you can harvest all the parts. Right. All their, like, yeah. because you, uh, when you, when you kill them, if your focus meter is high enough, you can, um, if you can sever their body parts and use them as reagents in an upgrade system, which is pretty satisfying. So yeah, this game had a, a pretty nasty difficulty spike. I remember like there was, mm-hmm. I played it on, I, I think the normal difficulty, not, there, I think there were only two. I think I, I played it on the one that was called normal. And there was a pretty nasty difficulty sl- spike about, right about in the middle of the game where I was stuck on one fight for like 30 tries. Mm-hmm. And no other fight gave me anywhere near as much trouble. And then I got to the final boss, uh, which I, made a couple of tries on and just gave up like Hmm. just looking at the not the numbers but like looking at our respective life meters how much damage it did to me with one hit versus how much damage i was doing to it like i was just that there's no way i i am willing to put in the time to get my performance up to the requirements uh necessary to finish this game so i think i put it down for now at least but i i really liked uh, most of it the number of games yeah. where you get to the final boss and stop playing, like that's 
Yeah, it's weird. It, I like, do that all the time. People, like, designers for some reason really think that the final boss should be ten times as hard as anything else, and I just don't understand why. Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like you want it to be a test of the skills that you theoretically have gained yeah. over the course of playing the game. Well, well, but also, like, it wasn't... It, it was adding new mechanics. It wasn't really, like... It wasn't True. testing the skills you've already learned. And um, it could be that there was, like, some puzzle solution puzzle way, way to fight this thing that I'm missing. Right. Mm. Or that you didn't get all the hard upgrades or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's it's it's I still recommend it. You know, I got a good 6 hours yeah. out of it. Um it looks really nice too. Yeah, it's really pretty. 6 hours is good for an iPad game. It's yeah. And and not only that, like the the ex- you don't get very many like adventure like action adventure style games on on mobile devices mm-hmm. that are really uh, that are really satisfying so like it's 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 really good uh, yeah i would say it's it's really good for the for the platform like it's one of the only examples of that sort of game i think uh and i've been continuing to play gunhouse which is as of this week good enough that i can actually recommend it to people <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on I I, I play, it patched on Android on like Monday and it patched on iOS today. Um, and the Android version at least is the, the Android version is the one I played and it is like like all the major issues I had with it like a month ago or however long it was are dealt with and it's a uh, it's a solid game, solid like I I I mean I've probably put like twenty hours into it in the past month. Wow. Um, a lot of that was testing. A lot of that was like wanting to give really good feedback, but also sure. just, it's, it's a fun game. I wanted to talk about the mechanics because if somebody buys this game and tries to play it, they're just going to be confused. I mean, would you still give it three stars? I would, I don't know, maybe three and a half. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so th- this game is, div- is, is a, uh, is divided into two phases in one of the phases, you are playing a falling block puzzle game where you slide blocks left and right. Uh, rectangles get joined up as bigger blocks. And those blocks you can load to the right to load special attacks into the, the special attack tanks. Or lo- load to the left to load your guns. Um, and a timer ticks down while you're doing that. Uh, and at the end, the garage door closes. You can no longer load blocks left or right. And um, the monsters who have been frozen on the left side of the screen will unfreeze and start moving. Um, and what you're doing there is you are uh, tapping the guns and the special attacks to choose when to activate them. And so each kind of gun and each kind of special has a different attack shape. Um, Do you get to aim them? or you, ca- you can't aim them. Some of them aim automatically, but a lot of them just have a fixed shape, so it matters where you put them on the house. I see. Um and the tactics comes from like where like putting the right gun in the right place the enemies like this is something we shoehorned in late in development the enemies sort of have lanes but they also like some of them will move around some of them like are unpredictable um but yeah it goes in phases like that and it's i i think it's pretty solid i think it's a pretty solid uh uh mobile ex- mobile game experience what genre would you it's an action puzzle, maybe. Okay, because there's definitely the puzzle sections. Is yeah. it tower defense? Yes, it's kind of tower defense-y. Okay. Yeah. Available today on PSM. 
God. No, because PSM, the PSM store is shut down, sadly. Mm. Uh, but you can get it now, finally, on iOS and Android. So, If you get it on Android, you don't have to pay for it. That's uh, not true, either. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. There's a lot of piracy on that platform. You can get it. Oh, that's right. Oh, good, good point. If you get it on Windows Phone, you don't have to pay for it. Nice. Yeah, that's legit. Is it really just free? Yeah. Why? Uh, I think the reasoning was that they didn't think anybody would buy it. So they just paid you. And Microsoft paid them to port it. Yeah. And so they like, well, we already got pretty much as much money as we're going to get out of this thing. We might as well get the player base up. How many people own Windows phones? I don't know. Our friend Patrick, I think, still has one. Okay. So that's one. Yeah. <laughs> I should ask him if he's played it. If you're seeing 100% market saturation, it might be because he's the only person left that uses a Windows phone and he's yeah. played it. <laughs> right. Well, are we ready to talk about this assignment? Sure. Automata Empires. Sure. I feel a little bad about this because I had high hopes when I saw it uh, in in like on steam i was like oh this seems like it could be really good it looked really interesting yeah it, yeah but and it still looks yeah. really interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, I, I mean there's i mean there's some games where you really can't get away with not having a tutorial yeah <laughs> yeah like just saying hey read this manual and then we're gonna drop you straight into the thick of it that this isn't the sort of thing where that works i feel like even once you have internalized all that stuff I, I can't imagine like learning these systems fast than like internalizing them to the extent that I could like actually play this game. Yeah. 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 I mean, I won yeah. a bunch of games of it playing on easy just right. by like you just figuring out a way to get fling a bunch of your dudes. places <laughs> reproducing yeah. and then just taking over the entire map. Yeah. Like I did not feel like at any time that I was using like any kind of knowledge about cellular automata. Oh yeah. To achieve I never, I certainly never goals, like. which is what I feel like feel like I wanted to do. I wanted to be like, oh, if I'm if I'm clever about how I place some things, I can, you know, get get this this will spawn faster. And well, but I just mostly just was like, how if I if I just move fast, I will overtake enemy territory by by virtue of of having a bunch of units on the board. And it kind of doesn't matter what your moves are. It just, kind you just of. need to throw enough wrenches in the system that it starts to chaotically spread on its own. Yeah, And, and in your favor, as opposed toward about opposed to the opponent, the opponent's favor, like you want to make sure that they don't establish a ton of territory and that kind of thing. I would like to see like the developer I bet is probably really good at this game. Oh yeah. And I'd like to true. see like a high level play. Yeah, I would have liked, I mean, this felt like a jam game that they were just uh-huh. like, oh, we should just also sell this on Steam. Oh, we need a tutorial. Let's make six GIFs <laughs> that kind of explain the rules. And I wish that there had been some, like, scenario things. It's like, okay, yeah, so there's going to be five. Like a puzzle. Like a yeah, puzzle like there's going to be yeah. five. There are going to be five ticks after you press start. You can build one thing. Right. Get your population up to this level. Or destroy this enemy, like figure out yeah. how to disrupt this enemy encampment or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just 
fixed scenarios yeah, that you I had was, to learn something about the game in order to beat them. I was certain that this was going to be turn-based until I actually hit play. Right? That was the other thing. I was like, okay, this is going to be like a strategic thing. It's going to be you okay, you have to like figure out what's going to happen in the next thing and you like make adjustments, but the fact that it's real time is just <laughs> you can make it baffling. faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you can't, like, pause the action and issue commands, right? Because, like, I feel like building things takes a fixed number of generations to build. Right. And it, well, it's, you have to have the right number of units. It consumes area. units yeah. to build the buildings, which is interesting. I mean, yeah. that's... That's a neat way of doing it. Right. It's like your resources are your army. Because there are, there are units that for which that is true in like a starcraft right like you you it, like this requires having two or three of a thing to like build or or become a unit right or, or am i making that up it's been a long oh, time i'm trying to think i mean i feel like definitely some blizzard game has the like i mean like when you put a wisp on a tree to get lumber like it just becomes a building that produces lumber and sure right like so it kind of consumes that. I feel like maybe the Zerg, you know, you, right. you got to use larva to become buildings, right? Yeah. Or do you? I think you do. Maybe I'm... Yeah, because they, they don't... It's not like they you have builder units that go around building stuff for the Zerg. They just become the building, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I am thinking of, in fact. Um, but it's, it. it's not like dynamically... It's not like this will require six larva or whatever, which... Right. Be more like this you know i don't regret playing i feel like this i feel like this is a, an area that could use some more exploration I, like games using cellular automata as their fundamental basis i feel like that that maybe that would be a really good game jam because you don't have to just use conway's game of life rules either there are a bunch right, of different this doesn't yeah, does it, it not I, no it doesn't okay so like there are there are cells some... don't move in Conway's Game of Life. No cell ever moves, and these things do move. So cells effectively can effectively move. Like clusters of cells can appear to move, but right. they're just turning on and off. But this one actually has like Discrete. It, it's not yeah. It actually has mobile things modeled in the system. Okay. Yeah, that that is a distinct difference. I, cellular automata is one of those things that nerds get really excited about, and to me. It feels like such a waste of time. Like, I don't, I cannot conceive of anything like a practical purpose. Like, to it. Things like, I don't know, the, the, I feel like plant, some games use, use it effectively for plants. For like generating scenery? Like, I feel, yeah. I mean, sure. Like, the thing that I think is really neat about, like, Conway's Game of Life in particular is that you can describe the rules incredibly simply in a couple of sentences and that is enough that plus proper seating is enough to make a Turing complete system, right? Like you, like you can make a computer in Conway's game. Yeah. And making, but that makes it like Turing a... complete systems in things is also a thing that nerds get really excited about that. I think is a, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, actually that, prove that, anything. About that makes anything. it a, a good toy rather than like a, a, something that can fit in a game. Well, the, so the exciting thing for me about that is, is I, I read this in a book that I years ago, and I might have mentioned this on the podcast before that uh, I cannot remember the name of, uh, but they were drawing parallels between 
like so Conway's game of life giving rise to a Turing complete system to our universe potentially having a couple of very basic rules yeah that then give rise to all of the complexity yeah and, well, and yeah that stuff's super interesting to me too but it doesn't make it a good game well i mean is life a good game <laughs> conway's life no in fact it's not a game <laughs> our lives are our lives a good game are you enjoying playing this that, game that board that game is- where you've got the little plastic car and the pegs that go in i don't want to quit if that <laughs> okay is any indication Yeah, sure. I mean, sometimes there's that level where you get to fuck a jar. <laughs> when is it torn? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was working on that one too. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. I just said it without finishing it. So. What uh, What is our next assignment, Zach? Oh, um, so I want to play this Commodore 64 game uh, from 1983 that uh, was in 2010 cracked and translated into English. It is a game called mafia. And I learned about it on this blog that I watch where this guy plays is trying to play through every CRPG in chronological order. Oh, nice. There's no way that he's going to finish before he dies. How, how, where did he start? I don't remember. exactly. I'll I'll just look at the blog. I mean, the blog is many years old and he's in 83. Yeah. And he's playing a lot of things from Germany. I think there were a lot of German CRPGs that we didn't get. How here. do you even research this? Yeah, how do you a, start? Yeah. yeah, like I get, like that. So your question, like, what is the first one? And then, like, it, how does it, that? Yeah, it gets it gets weird and gets weirder. Like, what counts as that? And because what would be cool is being able to play things in in sort of order of influence and dependency, but. Yeah, like going down a thread in that way. You end up with like the Internet Archive problem where it's like, well, okay, so the Internet Archive collects everything. So as soon as you got to a point in history where a lot of garbage was being created by a lot of idiots, (laughs) you get to a point where the Internet Archive is mostly full of garbage from idiots. Yeah, and also like do you have to play every revision of NetHack? Yeah. Oh, right, because they're not just fixed – Objects in in time. Yeah, the way a released computer game was at that point. Like, it yeah. was continuously patched. Yep. Well, he's years away from that anyway. That's true. Even, like, uh, the guy, the Mexican runner, doing all the uh, the NES games. Like, it's been a, a process getting a, a list nailed down of what counts as the games he's going to play. I mean, you just have to decide. Right, that's what happened. You know, yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know what the CRPG addict... I think it's the CRPG addict is the name of the blog. Yeah. Anyway, this game is not even really an RPG. It's more like one of those Hammurabi-style... I guess it's an immersive sim. It's like <laughs> you're in this world and you make decisions that have effects on some numbers and the way that things play out. What is, what is uh, Hammurabi? Uh, like a empire management like game that you write in basic. It was okay. a real simple like a uh, is it like, like almost like fifty lines of basic of I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and I think you just were just make like deciding how much grain to harvest or something like that. Okay, real simple. Uh, it it it's a it's kind of a, a miracle how well that game like pretends that it's a complicated system. And then, like, it rains or not, and you don't know, you don't have any advanced knowledge of that it's, kind of stuff. It's it's something really simple okay. that that feels like like that feels very plausible. Hmm. It's one of those things where there were a bunch of different versions of it too. Yeah. Anyway, this is just like this is the first. This guy pointed out that he could not find prior to this 
any game that was like a crime simulation, oh. basically. Huh. Yeah. So it's interesting in that regard. I do not think that this game is going to be any good, but I do think that yeah, I'm it, definitely I'm interested. For it, sure. I, you know, so yeah, like I found a Commodore 64, the 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 cracked and translated version of the Commodore 64 ROM, and I finally found a Commodore 64 emulator that. So I found several Commodore 64 emulators that apparently prized authenticity over everything else because there were like minute long load times right for like a four kilobyte rom that sounds like a, yeah that's the combo what the commodore 64 did accompanied by like fake Switching. drive noises like it, <laughs> like recordings of the floppy nice. drive and i finally found one that you can just say just fucking run like like run this fast like run it as fast as you can there might be a checkbox in there somewhere. Yeah. You, I want you to run this as fast as you can. <laughs> uh yeah, so anyway, this is just a little this is just a little dalliance for me. Cool. Yeah. But I do think that it will be interesting to talk about games like this. Yeah. It might be worth playing a few others. Man, I'm kind of excited. I hope that our giant NES controllers get into alt control GDC so that we get GDC badges so that we can go to the Oregon Trail post mortem. <laughs> That seems like it'd be fun if anybody actually involved was there. If, if if all of the members of the Minnesota Educational Computing Consortium show up, <laughs> like when we went to that thing and all the guys that made Rogue were there, they so all live the, next door. So the, the Oregon Trail was made by Mech. Mm-hmm. Mech. Yep. Yep. They also made that Freedom game. I don't remember that. Did we not do that as an assignment? I don't think we did. I think you just talked about it. Yeah. I played that on Internet Archive, I believe. It's the one where about a slave trying to escape the... You're a slave trying to escape the South. Yeah. Jeez. And it got... It was... It didn't really take off the way that Oregon Trail did because it was very, like... This is the way that people would talk to you. Oh, my God. And so it was a lot... It got a lot of, like... It got a lot of flack from parents' groups. Um, that's kind of amazing though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't ever feel like playing Oregon trail as a kid made me think, wow, pioneer life sucked and was really hard and everybody died. That that's like the thing that you're supposed to learn from it is like, it's really amazing that you're allowed to go to Oregon now (laughs) because of all of the work that these people did and all like how many of them died and uh, you know how we had to put army forts everywhere to kill all the indigenous people who were trying to murder you for going to Oregon. Like that's not what I got out of that. You just wanted to shoot a bunch of deer. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to shoot a deer and then put butts on a tombstone, you know? Uh, would you ever shoot bears in, Oregon Trail? Or you could shoot. I think there were bears, but they, they were definitely buffalo. Buffalo. The fun thing about buffalo is that you could, they were the easiest thing to kill lots of. And you, get and you could carry only two, 200 pounds back to your camp, so you were wasting all that meat. Yeah. Just like in real life. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it does not allow you to use every part of the buffalo if you're white. <sighs> you know, other scavengers can eat that buffalo. Circle of life. How many, how many scavengers are there in the Great Plains of the Americas? There's like hyenas out the yin-yang. Are there? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, Mafia. Mafia. To the, to the Commodore 64. I'll just put a link up to the ROM. <gasps> uh, yeah, no, I know. It's and scandalous. the emulator. Breaking the law. The one that works. Yes. Yeah. 
We'll have to find one for Mac. We'll have to find one for I think this one has a Mac version. Okay. Um, it's God knows it had like 40 Windows versions, <laughs> many of which were not the right kind of. It's got that sort of like, uh, it looks like the, the simulator's website looks like the website for Putty, where it's just a bunch of text links, and it's like, here's 400 different binary builds of this. Like, the kind of person who would mostly distribute their software as its source code right. is the kind of person that, they're like, well, the reason that I'm doing this is because I don't know what kind of binary package you need. There could be 900 different optimized versions, depending on what kind of processor and right. what so version of Windows you're running. So submit a binary and he'll just put it up. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, you know who this episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog is brought to us by? No. Our Patreon backers. Alvin still, I still don't know. Yeah, like Alvin Chortlesby. Leonard O. Leonard G. <laughs> The whole Leonard alphabet Krabs. family. <laughs> Leonard Leonard Kravitz. <laughs> Leonard O. Kravitz. <laughs> Wendy O. Koopa. Morton Koopa Jr. Morton Koopa Presley. Morton Salt. S- salt? Salt. Salt. Salt Salterson. <laughs> salt Bellows. Man, a Salt Bellows? Like... Oh, I want a lot of salt in this fireplace <laughs> right now, but I don't want to touch it. Okay, guys, I've had a great time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you don't, you won't. And if you do, you will. And if you do, we'll see you then. Good night, everyone. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. I, the only episode of Little House on the Prairie that I remember is the one where the one of the girls was uh, manifesting some sort of psychic power and like knocking shit off the walls with her mind. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like weird. They thought it was a poltergeist, but then they realized that it was just her like freaking out. <clears throat> and I'm like, this is the weirdest sci-fi show I've ever seen. <laughs> I remember one where where Pa got a can of green paint fell on his head from uh-huh. the in the barn and his hair was green and he had to go to church the next day with green hair and everybody was being real polite about it but then when the reverend but then when the reverend got to the point in his sermon where he said he maketh me to lie down in green pastures the pastor started laughing and then everybody else in the congregation started laughing except for Charles Pa uh Ooh. And then he walked out and he was real, he was real mad. <laughs> there was an episode of, I think, I Dream of Genie where the, the dude gets replaced with like an android. Darren? Yeah. And the episode ends with like the android peering suspiciously from, through the blinds of the front window. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I think it was a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Huh. And so, I mean, was there in the canon of that show just a sinister doppelganger robot of him out, like on the loose? I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't really remember. I just remember that weird episode. Also, did you say I Dream of Genie? Isn't it? Isn't that what that, it's called? That isn't Darren, though. That's your Riff is thinking of Bewitched. Oh. Biff, Biff is thinking of Bewitched. I, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm thinking. I, I don't know. I, I get all those Nick and. <laughs> I get all those Nick at Night shows mixed up. Who's, yeah. Who is the guy in I Dream of Jamie? Uh, Major Crothers. Yeah, I remember it, he was a military dude. Yeah, he was in NASA. He was an astronaut. He wasn't a military guy. He was a- okay. Well, 
Yes. <laughs> astronauts are astronauts are almost always military, right? They are they at the time active yeah. military? Off the a lot. I mean, I guess he had a rank. Yeah. In the Air Force, I guess they're in the Air Force often. I guess the scientists aren't necessarily like the scientist astronauts are not necessarily. Mm, but at the time, like all the early astronauts were military. Yeah, they were like all fighter pilots and stuff. Like Admiral Chuck Yeager. Did you ever play any of the Chuck Yeager flight sims? <sighs> Probably very briefly. I, I was not into flight sims. Me neither. Was your dad into flight sims? Or just golf sims? I, my dad was not into video games of any kind, really, ever. Ooh, even Tiger Woods Pro Tour Golden Tee? He didn't care about golf games. He Mario didn't Golf? He didn't care about Atari. <laughs> I don't remember him ever playing a video game. Not even Atari Boxing? No. Not even Atari Golf? No. Not even Barnstorming? I don't think so. Not even... Barnes & Noble? Sop. The video game? Sopwith? Not even uh, Reactor? Sockwith? Sopwith. Sopwith. It's a, it's a... It's a... Surely you have to know your sock width in order to effectively play golf because you yeah. need to, you're, you won't know how to get the club between your feet effectively if you don't, uh, <laughs> That's right. you don't know how wide they your are. Your shoes won't fit right. Yeah. Your cleat, your cleeps. I'm wrecking yeah, my brain you're, trying you're, to think of times my dad has played a video game. Clampets. And all I can think of is the time I convinced him to try Final Fantasy Adventure. Hmm. Like the, the secret of mana, secret, the secret, secret of mana game on the Game Boy. And I think he got as far as naming the protagonist Dope because that was that would fit in four characters. And <laughs> well, that's exactly how it's done. So good yeah, on yeah. was it was it a bit because he was like the character was supposed to be a pothead or because he was supposed to be stupid? I think he was supposed to be stupid. I see. My dad and I played through um, Scott Adams uh, Pirates Cove. Mm. Oh, what about Douglas Adams uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Douglas Adams Starship Titanic. <laughs> uh, Starship Titanic was was a game that I really wanted to be good, and it really wasn't. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Should we, we do a podcast? Those, should, no, we're doing podcast. it right now. Like, okay, uh, yeah, riff. We already All are. right, let's clamp. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Clamp. <laughs>